You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. I am glad to have your attention for a few minutes. Hope to encourage you with a passage of scripture from Acts chapter 8. I want to read uh, a peculiar episode with this guy who's been nicknamed Simon the Sorcerer. I want to tell you what happened in his life. And as we're sort of reading, I want to ask you just just to check your faithfulness to God. You know, why are you following the Lord? What are you doing with the Holy Spirit? So here we go. Simon the Sorcerer. Here, this is an interesting story to me. Okay, so when persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, believers began to scatter, and they took the gospel with them. One of the places that they took the gospel was to the region of Samaria. So the Samaritans responded super well to the gospel. People were getting saved. Uh, Revival was breaking out. The deacon Philip was kind of the key leader. Um, but while they were there, there was this guy who who wanted to be saved, this guy named Simon the Sorcerer. So let me introduce you to him. Here we go. Acts chapter 8, verse 9. Now for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. So, so far this is a Pretty cool story. You know, revival breaks out. People are getting saved. And there's this one guy in the community who had been nicknamed the great power of God because of his sorcery. Now, he wasn't using God's Holy Spirit. He wasn't operating necessarily on God's behalf. This guy was a sorcerer. But he had done remarkable things. He had uh, you know, made a great impression on the people about how powerful he was. I, I don't know if he was operating with the strength of demonic possession or demonic power. I have no idea how Simon was a sorcerer, but I know the story says that Simon was a sorcerer and that people were just were amazed by him. Well, when Philip begins to to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and do works of the kingdom, people started to get saved in the community. Powerfully, Simon gets saved. So this guy turns from his life of sorcery to follow Jesus. And in his early discipleship, he is following Philip everywhere, and he watches all the signs and wonders that Philip does. So, so far, the story is just amazing. Like, so far, this is an awesome account of how God has spread the gospel in Samaria. But it takes a really unusual turn here. So this is where the story gets very, very interesting. Then the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, and they sent Peter and they sent John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. What on earth just happened? Well, what happened is God just authenticated the salvation of the believers in Samaria. What happened is exactly what the believers experienced in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, 
was just witnessed in Samaria. So for whatever reason, God chose to bring the sign of his Holy Spirit to the believers when the apostles had gathered so that they could witness it, take it back to the church in Jerusalem, and nobody could deny that God was now moving in Samaria. All right, so what the people witness is this movement of the Holy Spirit that probably seems and feels a good bit like what happened on the day of Pentecost, you know, no doubt marked by signs and wonders, and it gets everybody's attention. It even gets Simon's attention. So he watched as the apostles laid hands on people, prayed to God, and then this divine power from God made itself evident among the people. Simon saw that. So what is he going to do? In verse 18, When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of hands of the apostles, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, May you perish with your money, because you thought that you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry, because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord and hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you're full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, Pray the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. After they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. Okay, so here's a question. What did Simon do wrong? And the answer is that he wanted to buy the Holy Spirit. Like he wanted to pay the apostles to give him the ability to control the Holy Spirit. Well, what Simon did not know is that you cannot buy God. You can't pay for the Holy Spirit. So I want to ask you as a believer, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is free. It's at God's it's it's at God's desire for you to be anointed with the Holy Spirit. But you can't buy it. Well, Simon wants to buy it. He thinks he can control God. And you cannot control God. And you also cannot use God's power for anything except God's purpose. So where did Simon get these ideas? And the best example that I can give is that he just reflected back on the only life he knew, life as a sorcerer. He was thinking that all his life he'd paid people for secrets or tricks or powers, and he just thinks he can continue on that way. But you cannot engage God on the rules of broken creation. You can't bring your old life into your new life and think that you can control God the way that you've controlled things in the past. Nope. There is only really one posture for us to have before God. We have to surrender our will totally to Him. He's in charge, not us. We can't buy the Holy Spirit. We can't use the Holy Spirit. What would Simon do? What would Simon do if he was given the ability to pray for people and the Holy Spirit would come on them at the laying on of his hands, at his whim, at his desire? I don't know. Would he make a great name for himself again? Would he go out and see if he could become the the great power of God in the community again, get nicknamed that, have that reputation, even if he wasn't following God's plans? I don't know, but what I do know is that he's being drawn back to the habits and to the worldview of his old life, and the apostles won't stand for it. So they rebuke him very sharply, uh, and they tell him to repent. And I believe he does repent, because even he even says, pray for me. So I believe that Simon was repentant. Now everybody not not necessarily everybody agrees with that. We don't really know. It's interesting to me that church church history um 
you know, there were believers who wrote fantastic stories about the apostles, which are not biblical. They're not in the Bible. They're not canon. They're not necessarily true. But some of these legends and uh, tales that were told, these elaborations of the apostles' life, included this this Simon. Um, in some of these stories, Simon becomes like the arch nemesis to Peter. Uh, it, uh, it's almost as if you know Simon goes into a city and performs miraculous signs and wonders in his own name, and people begin to follow him. And then Peter the apostle comes in behind Simon and shows the signs and wonders that are legitimate from God, converts everybody's heart to the Lord, um, and they're constantly in this battle until Peter wins in the city of Rome. That's just kind of fantastic fairy tale. But that that legend assumes that Simon wasn't saved or lost his salvation or didn't repent. And the truth is we just don't know. We, we have no idea. It seems to me if all you have is the book of Acts, it seems to me that, that Simon uh, genuinely was converted and genuinely is ready to repent of his mistake, that he needed to be called out by the apostles. So what do we do with this, right? And here's what we do with this. I think... First of all, a lot of us, we have to recognize that now we're following Jesus. We've surrendered control of our lives to Christ. We'll keep it that way. Don't try to pull the reins back. We're living for the glory of God, not for our own glory. So don't go back to your old habits. And let's be careful that we don't try to use God or the things of God for our own reputation, as if we were back in the same old game, you know, trying to advance ourselves we're just doing that with new tools instead of doing it with whatever skills and abilities we had in our old sinful life. Now we're using the Bible or God's name or theology or worship in order to advance ourselves. Listen, let's don't be guilty of what Simon was guilty of. And let's be humbled by this powerful idea that you cannot buy the Holy Spirit. Oh, but he wants to fill you for free. So church family, while you can't buy the ability to go out and anoint people with your hands and give them signs and wonders and allow you to, to twist God's strength for your good, you can totally submit your life to God and become a part of the new creation to be filled with God's spirit and available for the signs and wonders that God wants to work inside you and around you. So today, I just want to ask you, don't, don't make the mistake that Simon made. And if you find that you're in a place right now where you are taking God's name lightly or you're using God to advance your reputation, man, I just ask you, humble yourself before God. Bend your knee to the Lord. Submit yourself to the King. Repent. Be forgiven of that. Church family, I love you. And I want to encourage you as you are on mission this week. Like, let's be faithful to let God's Spirit lead. Let's, let's join Him as we build His kingdom. I hope to see you in youth group and college minister tonight if you are one of our students or college students. Uh, man, I'm, I'm loving our Wednesday nights with youth in college. And man, God bless you. Listen, I hope to see you Sunday as we gather on the first day of the week. Be faithful in your mission. Listen, wake up in the morning, love the Lord well, and spend a whole day following Christ. Love you. God bless you. <laughs>